You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation, and welcome to the Locked on Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team every day. Ross Jackson here, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like no one else does it. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news for Saints fans, by Saints fans. You know what it is. Throw me a follow on Twitter, at Ross Jackson ASC. Keep it fresh on this Friday. Friday edition of Locked on Saints, changing up the intro, trying to keep it tight because we got a lot to discuss on today's episode. Apologies for not getting you an episode out yesterday. Taxes, man. Taxes took up my whole entire day. But we are here on this Friday edition of the podcast to talk combine, safeties, Antonio Brown, tight ends. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. And remember, the easiest way to tune into the podcast is with your smart device, especially when you're in your car. Just use whatever the keyword is, whether it's Hey Siri, OK Google, whatever it might be. Then just say Play Podcast. That's important. Play Podcast. Locked on Saints. And then tune into the newest episodes every Monday through Friday on your way to work, at home, through traffic, in your kitchen while you're cooking or in your living room while you're chilling, whatever it is, wherever you are, we are. That's how we roll here at the Locked on Podcast Network. So let's jump into today's episode. I want to talk about start off by talking about safeties this is the end of our position by position group review I could talk about Will Lutz I could talk about Thomas Morissette but you already know what it is we got one of the best special teams units in New Orleans that you know in the NFL y'all know how it goes I might come back around to them and talk about them a little bit but for right now this is going to be the end of it talking about safeties um, and this is going to be pretty short because look I, I want to talk about Marcus Williams so I'm going to save him for last we, we know what happened with Kurt Coleman we know what it is with Von Bell too Von Bell I'll start off with him Big time improvement out of uh, 2017. You can just look at his pro football focus grades and you can see it 65.1 in 2017 and then made a nine point leap to 74.1 in 2018. The biggest jump being his run defense. He was a flat 60 in 2017 and jumped up to a hot 85.2 in run defense. And that was where he really made his money this year. He played great up against the line of scrimmage and in the box. That was his game. He was there for it, and he excelled. He also played really well in coverage. Yes, he did allow two touchdowns on 71.4% completion percentage, allowed a pass rating of 107.0. But, you know, look, those two touchdowns, nothing for a safety that's out there, you know, that's out there playing the deep ball and everything. He allowed five on his own in 2016, which was actually a pretty solid year for him in terms of run defense. But his coverage grade was a 44.6 in 2016. He's now made that leap over two years to a 68.3. So he has improved and he improved so much that he made the veteran signing of Kurt Coleman absolutely irrelevant by the end of the season. Kurt Coleman went from playing some snaps to none snaps. I think he played a total, I think it was 35%, basically 25, 35, somewhere around there, uh, percent of the snaps on the season at his position. And then he was just done for by the end of the year. And then, of course, you know, we all know that the Saints are cutting Kurt Coleman. Let me go ahead and cue the music real quick. No, I'm just playing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put you out through that again. That was a lot of fun, though. I love that. Uh, but, you know, they like they're letting Kurt Coleman go because they feel good with Von Bell. The other safety on the roster, Chris Banjo, is a, uh, 
on unrestricted free agent. So no, he's a restrict. He, he's a free agent. I can't remember if he's restricted or unrestricted at the moment. But uh, so he's on his way to free agency. Let's just say it that way. But I think the Saints will work to keep him here. They've got the money to do it. They might have to choose between him and Craig Robertson in terms of special teams play and things like that. So we'll see what happens. But I think they're going to work to try to keep both of those guys. So let's go ahead and jump over now to Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams pro football focus grade dropped drastically. He went from an 89.2 in 2017 to a 70.8. But I want to be very, very clear here. Um, Marcus Williams does not need to be cut. There are, I have seen mad people on Saints Twitter talking about how they need to cut Marcus Williams and move on. He's failed. He's not doing it. Stop. Just stop. Give that up right now because that is ridiculous. And I'll be, I'll be even more upfront about it. That is stupid. Let me tell you about Marcus Williams, right? Let's look at, let's look at some of these stats. Okay. So he was targeted a total of 19 times over the season. He allowed 14 catches. Not great. That's a 73.7% completion percentage. Last year he had a 40 flat, right? So I get that. Never mind that he was sharing the field with Kirk Coleman, who was blowing coverages left and right. But we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It's cool. Um, so he allowed five touchdowns over the season, and he only had two interceptions last year. He only allowed one touchdown, had five interceptions. Definitely a drop in his play. There is no refuting that. He was not the person. He was not the player that he was last season. I get that 100%. But that's when you're looking at those stats, right? When you look at the other, you, you think about the safety position, especially in the Saints defense playing the safety position that Marcus Williams plays, which is mostly that single high safety. He's all about coverage, right? So he had a total of 1,072 defensive snaps. 714 of them were in coverage. Only 346 of them were in primary run defense, right? So he played 714 snaps in coverage and he allowed uh, two, no, sorry. And he allowed five touchdowns and 14, 14 catches, right? So now here's the thing. Out of 65 safeties that played over 400, coverage snaps last year he was credited with one reception allowed only every 50.3 snaps that was fourth best in that category out of those same 65 he was targeted only 35.5 like every 35.5 coverage snaps second only to Malik Hooker not to mention though Marcus Williams played the eighth most coverage snaps out of those safeties out of every safety in the league at that 714, if you include the playoffs, 603, if you don't include the playoffs. So he played better than most safeties in terms of not, like, when you were in his coverage, you didn't throw the ball there. Most of the time, when he was in coverage, more than most of the time, the majority of the time, the vast majority of the time. Remember that 600, well, let's let's include the playoffs, that's 714 coverage stats with 19 targets. They did not throw at him. And that is one of the things that Marcus Williams did very, very well. And that changed. That that all sort of changed toward the end of the season. Once that defense really started to click to where those targets just kind of went away. Week 10, week 11, week 13, uh, week 16. And then in the divisional round of the playoffs, he was not targeted at all. And in three times out of those other games, uh, let's see, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and... And Carolina, again, he was targeted only once. There was only one time in those last few games or in those last like 10 games, actually, to where he was targeted more than once while he was in coverage. He did well. He did what he needed to do. He didn't get the takeaways or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't play a year to where, you know, he should be 
um, cut. Like that's just that's just crazy. Stop with that. Marcus Williams is going to be back big time next year. I believe it 100%. I know I said, you know, we all talked about how he was destined for greatness this year. I think that next year is going to be that time to where he does take that next step, that third year where he's going to be the most comfortable at his position. I think that it's going to be great. He played better than most safeties in the league, despite playing more safe, more, more snaps than most of those safeties. So, so feel free to hit me up. I will, I will talk about this. We can share this conversation. I do not mind at all. Marcus Williams, y'all stop coming for his head. Y'all stop going for his head. So now the conversation becomes, do they need another safety? I think that the question about need of safety really just comes to rounding out the position. They need a third safety, yes, because that's they usually carry four. If they keep Chris Banjo, they're still going to be in need of another in place of Kurt Coleman. So I don't think that the need is that they need like a star starter or anything like that you can look at somebody like adrian phillips who played the third safety role in los angeles very well at, with the chargers you could plug him in and he would be a great addition to the team all right so we're going to go to a break here when we come back i'm just going to we need to just jump into some news there's a whole lot going on in the nfl right now i'm going to update some of the combine you know the combine is actually happening it's literally i'm multitasking watching and recording all at the same time you know how i do so i got that coming up for you i'm going to update some of the 40 times and some of the bench and, and uh, bench presses all those sort of combine numbers from some people that I've already talked about. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll jump into some of the big stories from around the league, including another tight end needy team out of the market, which could be good for the Saints coming up in that draft in April. So stick around. We got all that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, Huda Nation, welcome back to Locked on Saints, your team every day. Remember, if you want to listen to the podcast in your car, all you have to do is say play podcast after you say whatever your smart device's keyword is, play podcast, Locked on Saints, and you got us right there. All right, so we are, it, look, the Combine's happening right now. I told you I'll have it playing while I'm recording, doing all the multitasking I can, everything. So uh, I wanted to go back and look at some of the workouts from the offensive linemen and some of the running backs that we've talked about here on the podcast before. Let's start off with the offensive linemen. They did do their workouts first, after all. One of the guys that I talked talked about a lot and you've heard me talk about a lot on the podcast is Chuma Adoga. Uh, he is an offensive lineman out of USC, 6'4", 304 pounds. Uh, he ran a 5.1940 with 21 bench reps. He's projected right now as a fifth or sixth round pick. I think he is an outstanding uh, versatile tackle that's out there that, you know, gets mocked in as a guard often, things like that as well. So he's somebody to continue to keep an eye on. Martez Ivy out of Florida. He's somebody you've heard me talk about a lot too. 6'5", 309 pounds, super, super, super athletic. Uh, he didn't run in the combine. He didn't do benches though. If you check him out on NFLDraftScout.com, he's got a uh, 5.0940 listed there. He looked great on his feet through the on-field drills. Registered the longest wingspan of all offensive linemen at 86 and two eighths or one quarter inches. That's and then he came in as well with an insane arm length of 36 and a quarter inches. The threshold is usually 34 inches for an offensive tackle. Armstead, for instance, is considered long at 34 inches, but. Martez Ivy just blows that out of the water right now. He's somebody that's projected as a fourth to fifth round pick and is very versatile. He's got experience at left tackle and right, and sorry, left tackle and left guard. Somebody to keep an eye on out of Florida. And then Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin, six foot five, 322 pounds. One of those big offensive linemen that comes out of the Badgers uniforms there. Combine, he ran a 5.2340 with a 20, well, I'm sorry, with 21 bench reps, measured in with 33 and 180 inch arms which is just under that 34 inch threshold doesn't mean he can't play tackle but he would kind of be a guy in a pinch 
We know for sure that he can play left guard, right guard, and right tackle. He could be, you know, that guy that comes in at left tackle if you need him. But Gil Brandt also talked about him being a viable center in this combine as well. So just put him wherever you want, apparently, and he'll make it work. That's that Wisconsin blood. Uh, his projected round is uh, round three, but he's definitely going to be moving up. And an add in also, big Nate Herbig to your list. You heard Dylan and I talk about him earlier this week. Six foot three, 335 pounds, shorter arms at 30. 32 and 3 eighths inches, but would work well inside with his strength. His 29 bench reps ranked fourth among those pro uh, projected as interior guys. Let's jump over now to running backs. This talks about Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma, six foot one, 220, and a plethora of injury concerns. But he didn't run a 40, but he did do 25 bench reps. He's now projected in rounds four through five, dropping a little bit on the boards. Miles Sanders uh, out of Penn State, 5'11", 215, one of my favorite running back prospects in this class. Uh, in the combine, he ran a 445 unofficial 40 with 20 bench reps, still projected as a seventh round pick or undrafted free agent, but he looked fantastic in those receiving drills and drew an Alvin Kamara comparison, so look for him to shoot up the board soon. Some additional running backs to keep an eye on or for you to know about. Benny Snell out of Kentucky ran a 4.65 unofficial time after NFL.com updated all of its times because there was a big discrepancy that happened and a bunch of times ended up getting updated, but even still with that 4.65, he was projected as a second or third rounder, but might drop with that speed. Although 465 is better than the first unofficial time that he had, which was 47. You've got some other guys in the league that ran 465. Uh, Ronald Jones did it last year. James Conner did it when he came into the league. So he might not drop that far, but not great in terms of what people were expecting out of Benny Snell out of Kentucky. Mike Weber out of Ohio State ran a 438 unofficial after those huge, like, full-on hundreds of a second adjustments that came through NFL.com, along with 22 bench reps. His draft stock, he helped himself out immediately. Uh, he's starting to look like a second-round guy after all of that, or at least second-round grade guy uh, after his performance so far at the Combine. Jo Jordan Scarlett is somebody to keep an eye on, too. 5'11", 208 pounds, but runs like a bruiser out of Florida. Ran an unofficial 4-4-1-40 with 21 bench reps. He's currently projected as a six-round pick over at NFL Draft Scout, but he's looking to make that leap. So that's some updates on some of the running backs and offensive linemen that we've already talked about and I added in a couple of extras as well, particularly on the running back spot. I just could not believe that Benny Snell ran that 4.7 and then it got adjusted to 4.65, but still not a good look. Uh, moving on to some other combine news for the Saints before we jump to our break here. They are have now been tied to both of the top quarterbacks in this draft Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray Sean Payton was on the podium at one point talking with media and he mentioned that he really liked that there's a lot to like about Kyler Murray and that he liked him a lot and then they had a meeting as well with Dwayne Haskins so you know the Saints never and Sean Payton in particular he's never afraid to talk about quarterbacks that he likes in the draft even though he's had a franchise guy forever since he's been here in New Orleans never afraid to talk about quarterbacks that he likes you've heard it last year he talked about Lamar Jackson the year before that Mason Rudolph before that Patrick Mahomes and so now you're hearing him talk about Kyler Murray you're seeing that they're meeting with Dwayne Haskins really I imagine they're doing their due diligence they're meeting with the top prospects in the draft that's what every team should be doing so I wouldn't draw too much from this but 
it's always fun to speculate. And, you know, this Saints front office has made big moves before. They shook the draft world last year with the uh, with the trade up for Marcus Davenport. So who knows? Who knows? I doubt anything comes of it. But good to know that they are looking at these quarterbacks and taking this draft very seriously, despite the fact that they don't have a pick in the first round. So, all right. Stick around. I got a couple more pieces of news to talk to you about. A Saints player just tweeted out that, look, you give him a no trade clause and he is in at a hometown discount. He wants to be a Saint for life. I'll tell you who that is. And then we'll also talk about a tight end needy team that is no longer in the market which is good news for the saints come to draft stick around we got all that coming up for you right here on locked on saints your team every day all right family welcome back to locked on saints your team every day remember if you're in your car and you want to take a listen easiest way to do it is to tell your smart device whatever its keyword is and then play podcast that part's really important play podcast locked on saints and there you go we are there all right so we want to talk now about some of the big stories from around the league let's start off with something entirely saints related but it really brought upon by something that is league news. Brandon Graham was resigned this morning to, I think it was a three-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's extended. He's staying home in Philadelphia. It's, you know, there was some talk about he might make it out of Philadelphia and testing the market and things like that, but he wanted to stay in Philadelphia and they made it work. So Cam Jordan took to Twitter and said, even if it's a hometown discount, add in that Eli no trade clause, I just want to be a lifer. Hashtag legacy. Cam Jordan just took to Twitter. This is huge. Cam Jordan just took to Twitter and said he wants to be a saint for the rest of his life and every saints fan should be excited about that this is a great time to extend cam jordan and get you know spread his contract out get some more money back for this year so he is out here talking about how he wants that extension he wants to stay in new orleans new orleans should be doing everything in their power to keep him this is huge news for any saints fan because that edge position is you know one of the top three positions on the team no matter how you look at it he is one of the best in the league and he wants to be here playing in New Orleans for the Saints. So that's huge news. So good. And thank you, Cam. Thank you. <laughs> good good for Saints fans, but also thank you, homie, for being willing to take to uh, the, the Twitter sphere like that and, and, and put that out there. That's that's fantastic news. So that's uh, a lot looking up for the Saints. Another thing looking up for the Saints and in some other league news is that Dal- former Dallas Cowboy, I, I don't really know how to say it, but I guess Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten has come out of retirement to return to the Cowboys. I'll say it that way. Uh, so he is now on a, I believe it's a one-year $3.5 million contract. Either way, it's $3.5 million to come out of retirement. Uh, and so this is this is, this is is good news for Saints fans for two reasons. We no longer have to listen to Jason Witten try to be a commentator on Mondays during Monday Night Football. That is excellent news. I think that that job should go to Brian Baldinger. That is my that's 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 my two cents about that part but then also what this means is that that is a tight end needy team that selects before them in the second round that is no longer a tight end needy team they've got their guy Jason Witten's going to continue to be a safety blanket for Dak Prescott they can put off going for tight end for a year or at least they don't have to go as early in the draft for one so they can wait and that means that another tight end falls to the Saints so that could be the difference between a, a you know Dawson Knox and a Jay Sternberger and a you know Isaac Nauda or, uh, you know, I doubt Noah Fant falls out of the first round, but, you know, it, it could it could be that next sort of tier up for the Saints should they decide to go tight end since they're planning on going with Josh Hill or reportedly planning on going with Josh Hill as their number one guy. It, that makes it sound like they're going to look to free agency for tight end as opposed to going to... I'm sorry, not free agency. They're going to go to the draft for the tight end as opposed to spending a big ton of money on free agency when you can get somebody on a second year rookie, second round rookie deal, which is a lot cheaper than going for somebody that has been in the league for a while that you're signing on, you know, 
their, their second or third contract. And finally, some quarterback news. It looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the team that's going to go pretty much all in for Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles is going to be entering free agency. He will not be remaining in Philadelphia. So what does that mean for Saints fans? Well, the Jaguars look like they want Nick Foles. The uh, Washington has already talked about how they're comfortable with Colt McCoy as their starter. They could also be targeting Drew Locke with that 15th overall pick in the first round. And then, of course, there's next year's crop of the huge crop of quarterback sets coming in. So that means that really the competition for Teddy Bridgewater and retaining Teddy Bridgewater has kind of dwindled down in the market. You know, Miami is still a big, is still a, you know, a big competitor probably. And that would be the most likely one aside from the Saints that Teddy Bridgewater would go to. He could go there and he could start. But we've also heard from Miami that they are interested in just waiting it out for Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama next year. And so, you know, would, are they going to do that and then stick with what they have at uh, quarterback right now? So, you know, this this whole conversation of the competition for Teddy Bridgewater is starting to, you know, the numbers are starting to dwindle in terms of those quarterback needy teams, teams, teams that look like they might be in the running for Teddy Two Gloves. And so that could mean that the Saints might be able to retain Teddy Two Gloves at a very cheap rate, which would be outstanding because as Mike Triplett, uh, an article that Mike Triplett posted over at ESPN.com said, they need to start preparing for the future. And that means preparing for Michael Thomas's monster contract that is going to be around the corner. And that is it is going well deserved. It is going to be extremely deserved when the Saints fill those pockets for Michael Thomas and he secures that bag. I cannot wait to cover that story, you know, in the next probably year, year and a half when uh, Michael Thomas gets that humongous contract. Can't wait for it. But this could be good news for everybody involved. And then the last, actually, this is the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Antonio Brown. There's a lot of a lot circulating right now on Twitter about the Saints and Antonio Brown. Nothing really saying that the Saints are, you know, in the running, nothing confirming that they're in the running, nothing confirming that they're, you know, even more so than that in the lead in the running or whatever. But just a lot of people talking about like it makes sense. Um, there are some, I'll say rumors or whispers around saying that most teams aren't looking to trade a first round pick for Antonio Brown. They're looking at Antonio Brown as a second or third round pick type target. So the Saints have a second round pick. They have, you know, next year, they have picks from next year that I, I don't think they want to mortgage their future. But if you're going to go after a guy like Antonio Brown, are you really mortgaging your future? or Are you setting up your future? I know he's in his 30s, but still he's, you know, seven 1000 yard receiving receiving yard seasons. Just he's an incredible player. So uh, I still have concerns about how to make it work between he and Michael Thomas. But like I tweeted out earlier today, if any coach in the NFL can do it, it's Sean Payton. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. A lot cooking. The offseason is really picking up. Combine's going well. Uh, you know, look, we got Saints players saying that they want to be here for the rest of their careers and everything. Gotta love it. Gotta love everything that's going on. Uh, so for right now, I'm going to peace out for this week. I will see y'all on Monday when we come through every day next week with the newest episodes. Going to continue talking about the Combine. We'll have a lot to catch up on because a lot is going to take place over the weekend. If anything happens, you know, big for the Saints, like if, let's say, Cam Jordan does get that contract extension or Michael, I'm not, not Michael Thomas, uh, Mark Ingram does, you know, re-sign with the Sage or something like that. I'll bring that emergency episode to you. It is that time in the season now to where we are. I'm, I'm prepared to have to jump on this mic 
anytime, any day to update you on some big news that comes through. It's an exciting time, so make sure that you are following up here because I'm covering the Saints like nobody else is every single day right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Make sure that you come through next week or if I drop those emergency episodes, love hearing from y'all. Uh, make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And as always, I just want to say thank you so much for coming through. Once again, Ross Jackson, your host here on Locked on Saints. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the podcast. And please take some time to rate and review. Those five-star reviews help a ton. Thank you all so much for coming through to find Locked on Saints. Just tell your smart speaker or smart device to play podcast Locked on Saints. And be sure to subscribe so you know when the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for all your support and helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust who that nation? I'll holler at you.